Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Art and Rural Knowledge. I'm Adele and today I am going to share with you part of my conversation with illustrator and environmental educator, Emily Kane. A graduate of the Ottawa School of Art, her multidiscipline work is highly influenced by the natural environment with an aim to inspire and educate. Her work has been shown throughout Canada, the United States and New Zealand. She also has a robust background in at-risk youth outreach, where she teaches the importance of balance between our constructed and natural world. She moved to Nova Scotia with her husband, Ben Parsons, daughter, Ava, and companion dog, Rowan, in the spring of 2013. Living in a 1986 Chevy big block bus converted into a living space with the goal of building a home on their remote property in Cape George, Antigonish County. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of visiting them in their beautiful, sunlit, 720-square-foot home. I spent time with Emily, Ben, and their new addition, Bohannon, who provided delightful commentary as we discuss Emily's work and the rewards and challenges of moving to a remote place from an urban centre. Do you feel like living in the country has influenced your work? Yeah, I think that... I don't know if it's changed my work. I think it's more like... It's made me sadder, I think, knowing that all the things I did care about were confirmed. I'm like, (laughs) yes, it is a paradise (laughs) that is being destroyed rapidly. Mm -hmm. So now, like, the materials have just changed. I was, uh, I always kind of like natural objects anyway, so I would pick those out in the city. But now they're in abundance, so different kind of repurposing, I guess. In abundance or, like, at your disposal? I think when you're in a city and you find something special... Um, yeah, like a natural object. It's a, tr- it's a treasure. You're like, yes, I found a tiny little bird skull in the park today. Thousands of people walked past it and nobody saw it, and I did. And I'm taking my treasure home. I'm going to put it on my mantle. But the change in our world to plastic everything mm. has definitely influenced Ben and I's aesthetic that we, the things we want to use in our home, like this fork. I don't want an Ikea fork that has... <laughs> Eight billion across the world. I mean, maybe that's kind of privileged. Like, I want my things to be curated. <laughs> but it's like in a world, yeah. in a world where I can, because I found this in the garbage. Yeah. That's different to me than being like, I'm gonna go to the antique store. Although antique stores do, are valid. That's. Oh, absolutely. Point, yeah. No. Yeah, it's complicated. I guess. But. It is complicated. Yeah, but I I understand that kind of sense of wanting to. Like when you really love real object objects yeah. and you have like you want to have relationships with them. I feel some of the objects that I have in my life I have a relationship with, whether mm-hmm. it's like the specific spoon that I like to use or my butter chair. dish. Like yeah. I'm like really love my butter dish. I look at it, I have like gratitude for yeah. it. And yeah. like, you know, and I like to use objects that have that's that I have that sense of like I really love this object. Like, like permanence almost. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the craft personship. But those are repurposed things like that and it. they have history too, which I think is is really great is the objects that you have and you know that there's this history, that they're older, that people have been using them for yeah. a really long time. And yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think it's bad to want quality made objects because they will last longer, because they were made by hands. Well, and I think that we're, like, we can get so many things so easily that are not maybe, yeah, that are made from materials that are, you know, mass produced and... 
just, I guess, the difference between knowing that you can have a fork that's, you know what I mean, lasted for as long as it has, or it has this history and it's been used the, already. The, the other ones are unneeded almost. Yeah, yeah. really. It's like, it's not necessary. Have... I don't need this. Uh, so what made you decide to move to the country? I guess you know, I've always wanted to, I think is the short answer. Um... And maybe that was from an upbringing in urban centers. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a reaction to that, because urban centers are inherently oppressive. I think I've always had an appreciation for natural spaces over man-made. But I don't know. I don't know if it was a reaction to living in cities, or just a knowing that I valued doing things myself more. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole self-reliance thing, maybe. And maybe that was because of the oppression of urban centers. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very important to strengthen the bonds between urban and rural communities. There was a program in Montreal that brought city folks to go work on a farm that would then, they would, you know, sell the produce in the city and whatever. Anyway, the whole program was about um, strengthening bonds between uh, rural and urban. And it was really smart. And it made me think a lot about that, you know, if you are going to move to the country... I don't know, I think those bonds are really should be strengthened. Oh, absolutely. Because nobody, you know, what are you going to do on the farms? Stop growing things. Well, exactly. City people. Yeah, and I, well... And um, us, because we export it all out, too, but... No, it's true. And I think that losing, when everything's done for you, and you don't have an understanding of where food comes from, um, or the I guess the work that's involved in it, you know? Because it is a massive undertaking, you know, to try and... Well, it's a whole shift of lifestyle, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything is different. I guess I didn't expect that. I guess I didn't expect every part, not just of my day, but my perspective to be different. Not that I had some epiphany, but, like, I mean, saying my, my suspicions were confirmed. <laughs> I mean, I knew that might happen. But I didn't think that my entire. Well, yeah, Why did we want? Because you moved right into a bus with no power and no uh, water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just like escape into your wonderful magical like, you know, rural cabin. It's like there was no. Washing there. dishes is hard, with no water, running water. I didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like washing dishes with no, no water. No, that's pretty. <laughs> takes a lot longer than it should. <laughs> yeah. 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 <coughs> um, how was moving into the bus? I don't know. The adventure was super fun. It's easy to talk about the bus. Yeah, tell me about the bus. So, like, you... <laughs> so, you were in Montreal. We were living in Ottawa. Oh, okay. And we drove it <coughs> to Montreal. Stayed for a little while to say bye to people. Because we... Well, we were living in Montreal, Ben and I separately, when we met. And then um, we lived in Ottawa for three years. <coughs> it was like two years or something. I hope it was two years. I don't really <laughs> so then I can just glip past Walk it out. in my personal history. So you bought the bus, and did you convert the bus, or was it already? The I had bought the bus for a program that I was going to be doing in Pembroke, and then that plan fell through. And then we just had this bus. <laughs> and we were like, oh. Yeah, so we were co-parenting Ava with her father in Ottawa. He lived there as well. And so we agreed that we would all move to Nova Scotia. So now you 
said that you didn't see you didn't see the property before you bought it. Yeah, we just looked online. Once we knew that we were going to move here, we were like, how can we get out of like renters hell forever? If we knew if we moved to Nova Scotia with the high rent as it is, mm-hmm. that we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to raise the money to do like the down payment and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like we just thought we weren't we would get stuck in rental hell again if you know. Yeah. Because we, we saved money when we lived on the bus. Mm-hmm. And it was summer. And it was doable. Mm-hmm. And three and a half months or four months. Because we already had the bus, so we were like, Alright, we've got like accommodations taken care of. And we're just gonna like build this house, like in like three months. We're just gonna build a house <laughs> on this land that is like has no spot for a house because it's all trees. So, so you, did you clear when you yeah. came? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We like <laughs> with no you chain, drove the bus in and no like chainsaw. No. That was our biggest mistake. There, you can write that down. That was our biggest mistake. Getting a wood lot with no chainsaw. Hand tools. My body is a tractor, right? I can. Yeah. <laughs> can do this. There's yeah. pictures of me like hand sawing trees down. <laughs> It's awesome. That is awesome, though. I mean, it would give you a real sense of respect for. It was like this project is large. (laughs) This is a large project. Looks like we're not going to be able to live on the bus the whole time. So we moved into town, and that turned into what a year and a half (laughs) later. But really, we did it though. Yeah, that set us back a lot though. Paying for like a really poor. It's hard to do it any other way though. I think it really would be. Yeah, we spent a lot of the mortgage money on rent. Yeah. Like, which Craig. was weird. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're, like, just seeing this mortgage money you, like, want to build your house with. <laughs> and so you're like, but I also rent, just need like, to have a place to live. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hi. Yeah. I, I... You just want to be heard, hey? So how long did it take you to build the house? As soon as you got, like, you know, from the, the so, trees being cleared to, to finished. Was it, like, a year and a half? Miles, two years? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's really good to know. The reality. Like the best, like, advice, or, like, that kind of, like, what is, you know, that kind of knowledge is, how long does it actually take to we build came a house? Here, we came here in May. We came here in May. We drove from Ontario to Quebec, and then we drove straight to my parents' house. And we had a Subaru as well that we bought from some guy for a thousand bucks, and it turned out to be one of the best cars we ever had. Thank you. <laughs> Ottawa guy. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And, uh... It's still sitting up front. Yeah. <laughs> still runs. Does it really? Oh, yeah. The floors are running. It's driving on rims everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It so everywhere. Ben and I drew. Brent, Ava went to her father's because he was here already. They had moved in like a moving van situation. So we had agreed on a school and then we just had to get properties within it, you know, yeah. the area. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we drove up here and we saw it for the first time and it was like this lush green buggy like wood lot that had rambles all we couldn't even enter it we were like how do we even oh i had like a sundress on and i just cried i was like oh this is terrible what do we do i mean there was trees so it wasn't a swamp but we were like what and so that was in may and then we so we well unfortunately i'm standing right in front of everything and that shelter's there but 
Oh, that's wow. the house that was right where we're sitting. Basically. Oh, so there was a foundation. Yeah, so we found it on that first day. We so walked through. They're all small trees, but like oh, there was a so million cool. of them. Oh, that's so cool! It's like an old homestead. It was a hippie house, apparently. Uh-huh. They called this what they called it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's you guys. the only picture we have of the actual house too. There's a couple, but it's yeah. It's so is it pr- still exists? Is it no, like no? It's it, under. It, this is so you built in the same spot. Yeah, because yeah. it's burned up. Yeah. We didn't really want to disrupt like any more of the land. Basically. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's perfect. This was a wood lot, and it was cut 35 years ago, 40 years ago. So we just wanted to let things do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So then we were like, okay, well let's do it. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And we drove the bus up here, and we parked it, and we cut a. A parking spot <laughs> at the front <laughs> of the property, yeah. and we backed it in, and we took like a soil sample with the big muffler, backed it up in, and we're like, oh my god, and that was it. And so we had the bus there for months, and we there was a tree had fallen across where we had where that picture was had been um, clearing, and we didn't have a chainsaw, so we couldn't get it down. And we we're like, well, we'll just keep clearing past this tree. <laughs> Leave the bus here. So then I would, and with no power, I would go in town and like charge my cell phone and go to Sinovex and take a nice shower. And <laughs> it's like, how much does the gym pass? No, okay, no, I'll just come swimming lots. Yeah, that's what I did when I first moved too. That was one of the first things I did. I didn't know anyone here. Adam had work here. I didn't know anyone. And I just was like, there's a pool. So yeah. I would go sit in the sauna and be like, there I don't have friends. I have a pool. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Yeah. We love swimming. It's We're true swimming. that swimming pass was the Oh, it just makes you happy. And I think that's a thing because you can be, it's terrifying to move to a place you're like recreational. Oh, no, no anyone yet. So you're like, what? I just have to be active and I need to yeah, go do stuff that makes me happy. And swimming is, yeah, that makes you, especially in the winter time too, to go into a like pool where you can swim. And, yeah. So what has been your biggest reward to moving here? Or deciding to to live rurally. I'd love to say that it was to provide my children with a beautiful place to live and clean air. But I don't know. Ava, <laughs> Ava kind of is bored out of her mind. It's been a big adjustment for her. Yeah? She does like it. She does like it. She, um... Once we get her out, but she's kind of a bookworm, so it's hard. She asked me when we moved here, you know, where the museums and the art galleries were. And, uh, you know, I was It's all like, around you! I know, it was really hard. Yeah, and she, she makes fun of yeah. me because I go, like, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. Look at that sunrise, Ava. We're so lucky. She's like, Mom. But just the other day, she said... Stop saying. She said that. What? She, like, acknowledged. She was like, that, you missed the sunrise. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it pays off in some regards. No, it's she... true. It's true. She just, uh, I think that she's bored um, with her kind of extracurriculars. Yeah, I think it's the commute. That's been a big change, is the transportation versus, you know, your daily plan. We're, tw- oh, we're 20 totally. minutes from town. Yeah. yeah. And neither Ben or I are used to not biking at all mm-hmm. and spending so much money on fuel. That's been disappointing. Yeah, that is a big challenge. But, I mean, if you get a handle on it and you plan your days properly, I don't know if we use more fuel than when he worked in the city. Mm -hmm. Stopping and starting and city driving is quite expensive. So, yeah, it's hard to reconcile sometimes. But I drive the same distance to work 
Well, you think about the time that you spend, you know, that you're, that you would spend in traffic and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. It's funny though. You talk about Ava and her experience of it right now. And I, I think about, you know, our experiences when we're children versus how we will relate to those experiences when we're older. Yeah, and yeah. I think about that sometimes because a lot of the reasons or decisions that I didn't, I guess they weren't decisions because I, I wasn't sure about it at the time moving to the country. It was just what we did. It was on a whim. Like we just kind of did it. But then the things that I loved about it were these things that I remembered from my childhood, from being, from being taken camping or, um, I, when I was quite young, I did live, um, pretty rurally. So it brought back memories of Mm. these times that were really beautiful that I, you know, maybe didn't think about on a regular basis before. And then I was like, oh, you know, yeah, these are just the connection that we have to, natural spaces and natural cycles it it, for me it just brought a lot of that love back I guess of for Mm. spaces like that and or just appreciation for it but when I was young and being forced to go camping (laughs) I was like I don't want to do this like especially a teenager because my mom used to make us go camping every year and uh we just had to, like, that was a family thing that we had to do. Mm. We need, like, she was taking us camping. We all had to get in the car and go and just spend two whole days without the computer and, you know, That's that kind great. of stuff. So we're just meant to read and meant to hang out on the, like, we'd go to the beach and, and talk to each other and have a fire, you know what I mean? And we had to do that every year. And I hated it when I was a teenager because when you're a teenager, you don't want to spend time with your parents, you want to see mm-hmm. your friends and... But I'm so grateful that she forced me to do that because I feel like it instilled a desire to do that in as an adult. Yeah, I think I always enjoyed it. I think I thought it was exciting and fun. And then when I think about my like teenage years of hitchhiking around and hopping trains and just being outside, I think there was maybe some connection there. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. And then what I've chosen to do as an adult, or what I've longed to do as an adult, and then we finally did it. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of crazy, you know, this thing that you imagined for so many years happening, and then you're like, oh, (laughs) we're doing it. It's great, and it's crazy. There's a whole bird situation happening outside. There's, uh, like, two huge blue jays and a big-ass raven messing around with a chipmunk. Oh, no. And then there's the blue jay, but they're all fighting over the compost is what's happening. Oh. <laughs> Fast times on yeah. the so I know, it's true. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Be sure to tune in next week for the rest of my conversation with Emily Kane. Big thanks to Miranda March for this lovely music for my intro. All right, everyone. See you next Friday.